Hi everyone, welcome back to FamCast, the podcast where we talk about dance, uni life, play games, and discuss current events. My name is Ashley, and I'm the host for today's episode, which is officially the first episode of 2020. Um, let's go around and introduce ourselves one by one. Hi, I'm Arian. I'm the president of the Monash Dance Society. We are the dance club based on Monash University's Clayton campus. Um, I'm Zui. I'm the president of Flair. We're based on the University of Melbourne. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Anne, and I'm the president of AOS of Swinburne. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm the president of Funkadelics, based in RMIT. Cool. And in case I didn't say it earlier, I'm from MMJ Dance, which is the dance club on Monash Caulfield campus. Yeah. So it's been around a month since we recorded the pilot episode of FamCast, and since then it's going to exam season for uni students. So have you guys like <laughs>、um, got anything you want to share for the past month, or anything that's just been going on with you recently, or any interesting stories? I'll just like in general. Yeah, sure. Um. I mean, for everyone, I, I feel like you know the 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 new、uh, lockdown wave is is pretty much the the new thing right now. And um, I was I was actually um my suburb is actually in between the two lockdown suburbs. Oh wow! I'm like sandwiched between the the two postcodes, so it's it's very frightening. Um,、uh, so I'm trying to like limit my my out time as as much as possible. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much been my life. I've Um, you know, just finish exams and just chilling at home.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't finished exams yet. I have my last two tomorrow, so I'm just I've just been in the house all day studying. Is my life right now? It's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that like that's pretty much all of us right now. For for our international listener, because apparently we have someone listening from the US. This podcast is based in Melbourne and. Yeah, we kind of have a second lockdown right now. <laughs> it's it's been it's been fine for me because I don't really have any exams this semester, so I finished really early. Please don't hate me for that. And until now, it's just, it has just been、um, working. And then oh, I've been trying to learn Korean recently, but yeah, that's hard. <laughs> Yes, it is hard. <laughs> it's hard. I understand.、Mm. Especially the the honorifics, like like the、yeah. polite thing. Yeah, it's hard. But yeah, it's a good it's a good hobby, especially、yeah. when you're locked in your house. Yeah, I've been I've been getting into、uh, running recently, because I've been noticing some、uh, patches of、uh, fats around my body. <laughs>、um, <laughs> So that made me really like, kind of, you know, because I, I, I'm usually, you know, I dance a lot and I go out and you know, exercise quite a lot. So I don't usually encounter these problems, but because we've been staying at home for so long, and I eat so much,、um, <laughs> relatable. I've been trying, to, I'm trying to go out and, and and have a run every morning, but it's been so goddamn cold. So yeah, it's so cold.、Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do it? I don't. I don't anymore. Part of thing. How do you do it? I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's just. It's just. I think I will, but I.、Um, I have been,、um, but 
uh, after exams, I've just kind of been dialing down myself and just chill. Yeah, I've been just chilling at home too because I already graduated, so no exams. <laughs> But um, in that small window where we did have some restrictions easing, like early June, I had my birthday, so <laughs> it was nice to be able to invite some friends over and like just chill. But like in real life, it's really a different atmosphere when you're able to. Um, Meet and talk with people in real life, so that was really nice. Mm. Yes. What about you, Zach? Mm, not much. Just work, and yeah, I finished exams as well. So, just waiting for the results. And work has been pretty tough, actually. Yeah, I find that like, for those who do have work, I'm so scared every time I I walk out of the house and like. See other people because it's it's、uh, like the virus is around us. So when you're taking public transport, it's almost like you're sort of hyper aware of people. And like if anyone coughs, you're like, oh. You know, I've been thinking.、Um, would it be actually good to have a visor that actually detects all of the the you know dangerous bacterial or like viral strains floating around our air? I, I think that would actually make us very paranoid. Yeah, it's like, no, it's like it'll be like everywhere, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Mean, things. Wait, do you mean like a like some biotechnology where you have? Like, yeah, so like、food? kind of like glasses, like when you put it on, you can see like patches of red that, that <laughs> like floating around the air.、Um, it would make us like, so paranoid. You just put、yeah. them on, and it's just like it's all red. Yeah, it's all red. <laughs> like everything. Like God, get away from it. Oh no. I feel like. I feel like you know if you detect all the bacteria, it will be like everywhere around us. So no, there's yeah. I think there's there's been a few cases where、um, infrared cameras have been used to detect who have fever, and like、mm. in crowds as well. So you just like put it in an open space and you you record and it individually it picks out people and it checks their temperature and then you know you stop them like hey you've got a temperature put on a mask and like、oh, yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool. Doing that in airports. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm. Gonna do take someone with a high temperature, and then they won't be like admitted or they won't be let in the country like that. I think.、Yeah. Um, I went back to Australia at the end of February, and they were doing that in Singapore airport.、Mm. Oh. Yeah. Technology. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to、uh, the Otus dance studio, they they have like the temperature checker as well, just、yeah. to make sure everything's okay. Oh, you went to O2. How is it? Like、uh, opening and everything. Yeah, yeah. Cause like now you have to to pre-book everything, and it's like maximum ten per room, right? So、um, it's pretty.、Um, you know, energy is definitely lower, but we make do. We make do. Yeah. I I, I was there for、um, rehearsal, so I was in a classroom、oh, rehearsal, helping a friend doing this、uh, cover. Yeah, it's actually voguing. So. Oh. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's part voguing,、um, and part just commercial in general. Nice. Yeah. So we have like a boy section and a girl section, and both of them are pretty saucy. So. Saucy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And which section are you in? Obviously, the girls. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> doing the boys. <laughs> 
In the video, they're actually wearing heels, but we are not going to wear heels. Um, Why? Because I have never worn heels before. <laughs> well, and I've seen many accidents involving heels. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah. You okay, Ed? And like, <laughs> I remember when we actually visited the restaurant that I worked in a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, true. I, I I did said my name was Eric. Yeah, and then his name was Eric. I was like, no, you're not Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Stop exposing me, dude. Anyways, right. anyways. Um, yeah, I think I think it's an app, right? Like we can't do it. Online. Oh yeah, but there's an app because everyone uses smartphone nowadays. I downloaded it actually. It's called Mind Body. Yeah, it's an app that you can um, book your space, like reservation in gyms and studios. Because of course, everywhere you have restrictions on the number of people now. So yeah, you can download the app called Mind Body, and O2 Studios is on there. I actually tried to book. For a spot in um, a choreography, it's not urban anymore. It's just choreography class in O2, but unfortunately, it was booked out. So I might try Aww. again next week. Yeah, but Aww. yeah, out of out of the many studios that have reopened in Melbourne, we have O2, which is situated in the city and it's very accessible. So if yeah, if you want a little bit of dancing and exercise, you can come to O2. Um, but please stay safe and abide by the rules and restrictions, please. <laughs> Make sure to book in advance so you can get a spot. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, I have written out my two truths two and one lie, lie yes, on a piece of um, handkerchief. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. Cool, cool. So we thought we would play a little game just so our listeners can get to know us and that we can get to know each other as well. The game is two truths, one lie. It's pretty simple. Each person will say two truths and one lie about themselves and everyone else has to guess which fact or um, statement is a lie. Would anyone like to go first? Um, I-, I can start. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. So three statements, right? Yes. Um, I tried to do this as close to dance as possible. So here, here I go. All right. So when I was in middle school, I tried to backflip and I actually broke my nose. I, I tried to backflip on a grassy field just to like dampen up the, the, you know, it's better than concrete, but I still broke my nose. And uh, yeah, that's one of them. Second one is, I started dancing as a pop and locker. That's my second one. And the third one is that I was actually training to be a, a Vietnamese idol. Uh, I think Anne would know um, yeah, uh, about, about this group that, um, of guys that recently came out. I was actually wanted to be part of that. I was training to be that. But my parents disagree, so yeah, that is my 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 three two truths and one lie. Can you say those again? Hmm? Can you say those again? Can I can I say those again? You're you're welcome to uh to question me if 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 you feel like more details are to be given. 
Okay, so all right. So when I was in middle school, I tried to backflip and I broke my nose. And also during middle school, I started dancing as a pop and locker. And during high school, I was actually training to be a Vietnamese idol, like a K-pop but like V-pop idol.、Um, and I was actually in training for that for a while. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's well, number two. Yeah, I would have picked number two as well. Number、yeah. three, he said. That Anne would know about it. I think that though, is that because because number three, like I heard about that. I think, I think I saw him appearing with them. But the fact that he's trained to become an idol or not, that's that's very ambiguous. Like I know that he's kind of a part of them, related to them somehow, but I don't know if he's training to be an idol or not. That's why I'm. Like I'm considering between two and three, but I'm more two. So two. I think it's two. two. I'm saying two as well. Yeah, one is oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are right. It's number two. <laughs> yeah, I I actually started off as a break dancer.、Um, oh, okay. And that's why I broke my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I switched over because my mom didn't want me to do any more of those stuff. So I, like, stop breaking your limbs. Yeah, stop breaking most of your body. So I, <laughs> I went to to do pop and lock instead. Yeah. Cool. That's me. Good job, everyone.、Um, I'll go. Okay, I'm gonna try and keep it dance related too. Um, number one, I did cheerleading in. Um, it's primary two, so like equivalent to year two in Australia. Number two, I started dancing ballet when I was in year seven. And number three, my favorite style of dance is West Coast swing. Sorry, can you repeat your dance style, like the favorite one? Ah,、uh, West Coast swing is my favorite style of dance. Oh, I think. I remember you mentioned your favorite sound one. Did she mention that though? What was the second, second one? Second one is that I started dancing in modern in year seven. Wait, didn't you say ballet <laughs> the first? Oh、time? wait. <laughs> oh, let's go snip out. <laughs> <laughs> We won already. All right, next person. No. <laughs> so, so That's my guess. Wait a second. I think it's the third one. I think that. Because you specifically mentioned West Coast Swing, so it's very easy to change that. I don't know. Do I repeat it again? I won't. I'll, I'll not mess up this time. So, first one is that I did cheer in year two.、Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is that I started dancing in ballet in year seven, and the third one is that my favorite dance style is West Coast Swing. I think just because of that hiccup, I'm gonna go with number two. That's just me, though. <laughs> I wanna go against everything, so I'm gonna go with number three. It's not West Coast Wing. Okay.、All、What、right. is it exactly? I don't know. <laughs> you have a one in three chance. You can make a guess. Yeah, that's a pretty decent chance. I mean, might as well pick one. I'll go. Th- Three. 
Ooh. <laughs> okay, so three is correct. Um, like <gasps> it's just a lie because oh. my favorite. <laughs> Knew it. So my favorite dance style used to be West Coast Swing. It's now Zouk. Um, yeah, most, mostly just because I can practice Zouk more in Melbourne because it's only one dance school for West Coast Swing in Melbourne, so I don't get a lot of opportunities to practice. I did so for number two. I did start dancing in ballet. The reason I hiccuped is because modern is my, is more of my base because I quit mm. ballet like within a month of doing oh. it. <laughs> um, it's not, with you. not that it didn't click with me. It's that um, it was hard to kind of get into it, and because Mum was only letting me do classes like once a week, it was really hard to catch up. So I decided to do modern because it didn't require me to catch up as much in regards um, to theory and having a lot of technique. Because like I think modern still has a lot of technique. It's just you're allowed to mess up a bit more than ballet. Yeah, ballet is very technical. Mm. Yeah, it's like more like a craft. To yes. be honest, I regret quitting, but <laughs> I think it was better off for my like sanity at the time because I was trying so hard to catch up that I, I was getting really stressed. Mm-hmm. Was there like, you know, those, because from what I know, it's it's like very much like a belt system uh, for martial arts. Um, I think, yeah, I think you could say it's similar, but I'm not entirely sure of how the actual progression works. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Have you gone on point yet? No, I think it, it takes like three years of, or more to get to the point where you're ready to go on point. Maybe that's why I don't go on heels. Heels is definitely a lot easier than going on point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's definitely like some level of progression between going on flats to going on point. Hmm. But I don't know enough about this, um, like this actual theory and progressions. Go next. Okay. So the first one is that I've been dancing for three and a half years. The second statement is that I've taken at least one class at every uni dance club in Melbourne. And the third one is that I was born here in Australia. Hmm. What was the first one again? First one is that I've been dancing for three and a half years. So you danced for three and a half years, but you took all the classes from each club, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think very I saw sus, you in AOS, sus. though. She's definitely know, been to MDS, are. and she's been to Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Has she been to France? Zach, Zach please tell. <laughs> Let's work together. I actually don't know. I mean, three and a half years sounds plausible. You know? Yeah. Because like that's like roughly around the time you get to uni, right? And then to finish uni. So that sounds like pretty plausible. But was she born in Melbourne? Yeah, you know Melbourne, Australia. Oh. I said Australia. Oh yeah. Was she born in Australia? I I I'm gonna pick three. I'm going to pick two, just because I haven't seen her in AOS. <laughs> I pick two. Alright. Okay. You're losing again. Uh, I'll pick two as well. Okay. The answer is two. 
So I haven't been to AOS. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the only one. <laughs> you have been to Funks? Yeah. I think um, it was like once or twice that I've taken a class at Funks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really wanted to go to AOS, especially because it's like on my train line, Swinburne. Mm. But I was never able to go. I was planning to this year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I like to your welcome party. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Yes. I don't think I've been to it, like Swinburne University at all. Oh. <laughs> I don't think oh. I know where it is. <laughs> Swin- Swinburne's really nice. I like Swinburne. Thank mm. you. And RMIT as well. Uh, just. <laughs> <laughs> and Melbourne Uni. Uh, uh, yeah. And Monash <laughs> <and Monash> as well. <laughs> we love all universities. Yes. All universities equally <laughs> appreciated for letting us dance at the campus and not kicking us out and not defunding us. Actually, I said that, I was like, I love that um, we can practice in random spots at RMIT and security mostly doesn't kick us out. Because when we do that at Monash, like, I'll be practicing ballroom steps or something and security will come over and be like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, why? Who am I I bothering? I'm not even playing music. We actually get a lot of flack from security. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do, we do. Yeah, for dancing at that RMIT, you know, like that basement area, right? The the mm. one with the mirrors and like the mm-hmm. long hallway. Mm-mm. Yeah, a lot of like. Some people are really angry that people like leave trash and like play music. Mm. Yeah, and that's why we weren't allowed to um, host one of our events there anymore. Oh, that's so yeah. stupid. Because sometimes, you know, like there's that, that green line that you're not supposed to cross when you uh, mm. just like make way for people people to walk mm. about. Mm. And then you, 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 you put like one toe over that thing and, and, and someone will just magically appear out of nowhere. <laughs> it's amazing every single time. Oh. Yeah. You like accidentally dance out of the line and they're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone just pops the wall. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> they come out of the mirror and they're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, but well, well, I think it's all right. Like, it's okay to dance there as long as you're mm. not being too loud. I think the loud one and the trash is like a big thing. Because mm. I've seen like people wreck the place. That's not nice because people, nice. people no. study there as well. And I think if you play loud music, because it's all TV studio recording uh, there, so it's really like audio sensitive. Mm. So if you're playing loud music and they ask you to like tone it down and you don't, that's like, oh, that's that's your bad, you know? It's really rude, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's their place. Mm. Yeah. If we're disturbing them, we sort of have to leave. But at the same time, some people can be real jerks about it. Yeah, so whenever security asks us to leave, we just go to QV. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we the, do. The OG spot. It's like right next to it, so it, no, no, mm. it's not. Yeah. We need to find new dance places. Yeah. Yeah, like the free ones are pretty, you know, scarce. Mm. Yeah. We usually practice like at Manesh. If the studio's not open, we practice outside of the um, the Robert Blackwood Theater. And I don't think we've been told off. The only time that we don't do it is if there's an event on, obviously, because that's just rude. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking like where can we dance in like uh, the University of Melbourne? Because there's there's like some de- designated places, but there's actually not a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do know there's this uh, reflective mirror space um, next to the running track. It's just like... Uh, oh, right outside, right? 
Yeah. The swimming trap and like the reflective glasses of the swimming pools. Well, the house. Yeah. 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 We use we use that once. The places to dance. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty desperate, so. Yeah. We find any reflective spaces we can. And you want to go first? Okay. Um. So my two truths and a lie is the first one is my parents don't know I dance. The second one is I have once performed on stage without any store any sorts of rehearsals before that. And the third one is I started out dancing with hip hop. Okay, so we do have a trend of the second one is always the right one, right? But the first <laughs> one, you guys. the first one is so obviously false that it has to be true. <laughs> the first one is my parents don't know I dance. Yeah, it's pretty big, a pretty big thing. Yeah, for your parents not to know at all, because you were dancing. But in- like, it's possible. But you were dancing in Vietnam too. That would've been hard to hide. Yeah, that was true. That is true. That will be really hard to hide. It is so hard to hide. I feel like you're selling this really hard right now. So I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you said you started in hip hop before. I feel like three. Yeah, I think I heard about that too. What was point two again? Um, I have once performed on stage without any sorts of rehearsals before that. So like performing a chore on stage. That's more plausible. I have a feeling that one. <laughs> True though. <laughs> I feel like like if you learn it by yourself, but you don't practice with anyone or on the stage. Yeah, what is that? Is that what you mean by it? Um, can I elaborate or? Yeah, you can lie. You can yeah. Lie. Okay. Okay. That is true. What Ash said. I practice alone, and then I went on stage and performed with everyone else. Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense. Right. Um, can I do some like investigation? Um, yeah, I can. I can choose to elaborate or not. But mm. oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, Try my best. So, like, what do you tell your parents when you go out to to dance practice? Wait, wait. I told them that I told them that I went out to hang with my friends. Okay. So they they're they're back in Vietnam, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all in Vietnam. Oh, I'm here alone. Okay. I mean, it's not. I feel like you're so public about being involved in dance on Facebook, though. Like, even if your parents don't have Facebook, you would have relatives. I'm not friends with my parents on Facebook. Huh? I'm not friends with my parents on Facebook. But you would have like relatives or family <sighs> friends who would. See oh yeah, them. yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is there to hide about dancing? You know, like I'm, I'm just gonna say one, just because it's kind of. So like, for you, one is the lie, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Lie. One is the lie, and I'd I be think agree. It's not. The I, other two are true, so I'm guessing one as well. One. Yep. Zach, do you want to guess? Uh, I really don't. Wait, can you say it again? Okay. Um, first one is my parents don't know I dance. The second one is I have once performed on stage without any sorts of rehearsals before that. And the third one is I started out dancing with hip hop. Let's go, Zach. Cue, cue timer music. Uh, I'll say two. Two? I have once performed on stage without any rehearsals before that. Yeah. That is true. I have done that. 
Um, before I reveal the other answers, a little bit of elaboration on this. So it wasn't what Ash said, but it was actually a Corey that I have performed before, but after that they like my group decided to do it again. But at first I was I wasn't available to do that. But after that I was available. So I just went on stage without rehearsing prior with them, which was a disaster. Oh <laughs> okay. and yeah, the first one was a lie. Yeah. So my parents do know that I dance. Yeah. Um, they they didn't know back in high school because they don't want me to dance because it's like Asian parents. Asian parents syndrome, dude. A, Asian yeah. parents in general. But after that, they realized that dancing is good. Duh. And yeah, it's it's a kind of exercise. So they know that I dance now, but they still don't know that I'm president. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they should be proud of you for that though. They just know that I dance. They don't know that I do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I started out dancing with hip hop, but I don't think I told everyone anyone that before because I always tell them that I started out with K pop. But I actually started out with hip hop. Yeah. I feel like you've told me before, but I don't remember when. But maybe I made it up. <laughs> I'm the same though, like my parents are they're not like super supportive of dancing and they don't like mm-hmm. that I'm president but mm-hmm. they're also like we can't stop you yeah true <laughs> yeah like mine are, are pretty neutral about it mm-hmm. they don't support it but they don't you know um they're not against it um per se but you know they're kind of like just remember to take time to study and and rest and all that stuff because mm-hmm. yeah because for them that's like the main thing um trying to get me to study and get into like good schools and all that stuff so yeah dance is pretty much like a side thing as but, long as you have good grades yeah as long as i have good grades uh yeah. they're like yeah, yeah go do whatever the hell you want maybe maybe not like crazy stuff but yeah it's out there is that you're done with your uh, list Oh, I just gotta fact check one more thing. But... <laughs> fact check your own life. Scroll through your memories, like. I, I gotta yeah, I gotta scroll through my spreadsheet to make sure I haven't. Oh. <laughs> Damn, do you do you like spreadsheet your whole entire life or something? It'll be... Yeah, since like 2016. Mm. Have you guys seen his spreadsheet though? No, it's I haven't. Crazy. I haven't it's seen, like... but I know about it. It's what it's... is it? It's like it's his whole life since yeah, 2016. His whole life. So and you, when you, you zoom out, it's so crazy. It's like all color coded and stuff. Mm. I tried to do that, but I can't. Uh, hold on one second. I'll be right back. You live in city, city. I live in uh, East Brunswick. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so West Brunswick is the one that's. On. Yeah, West Brunswick, yeah. and and. Yeah, and another one. That's really near. I think it was like... oh fifty-five, And I'm 357, so I'm like two postcodes away. Yeah. One of my committee is also like in the middle, because she's in Mooney France, and like everything yeah. around her is locked down. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a dam, dude. Hmm. Eunice and Eldrick are under lockdown now. Are they? For them, oh. yeah. They live in the north north. Mm. Yeah. Kyle is is in lockdown. 
Um, he was supposed to be in rehearsal, like he was supposed to be in this uh, project, but he had to step away because of it. Mm. Sucks. Because he would have done really well in this. Yeah. All right, tell me more about Zach's spreadsheet because I'm very interested. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically like his diary, and he plans out like all his activities and things that he needs to do in it. Yeah. I think he said that he's done it down to like his toilet routines. Damn, that's crazy. I know. Diary and then very specific diary and then budget and finance. Mm. Wow, it's very detailed. Like after I saw that, I got inspired to do one of my own, but then I gave up after like one week or something. <laughs> I do similar, but I don't do it as detailed because I have like my daily plan, and I have that all in my diary and have that written. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll have I have my budget on like a monthly budget on my computer on a spreadsheet, just because doing that on paper is just too difficult. Um, but I feel like Zach does it in a way that's very it needs a lot of micromanagement. Um, whereas I'm really lazy, I just put everything into this like form, and I'm like, this is all the outgoing, this is all the incoming, yeah. automatically calculated for me because I've coded it already. Right, right, right. I don't do any of that stuff, and I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you feel bad? Like, I think it's it's just preference. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I can't plan. Like, I'm so bad at like making schedules and stuff. But I do write down. I just kind of have like a diary in my phone if I want to write about like what happened or any thoughts and stuff. Mm. Yeah. The must requires like a, a huge amount of discipline. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yes and no because like I plan but I don't always stick to the plan just mm. depending like because sometimes it's just having a bad day and it's not happening and you need to be very forgiving on yourself to be able to yeah, say yeah, we're yeah. not doing the plan. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. For me, ever since I start doing everything at the same time, like work, uni, and other sides project as well, I have to keep track of them. It's not like a planner; it's more like a reminder kind of thing. And I just keep it all in my Google Calendar mm. just to see if that, like tomorrow, I will have these things happening, and I will have to do these things, these things. And I'm honestly very confused by people who don't have a Google Calendar for plans. Because that either means that you have a really good memory and you're on top of everything mentally, or you just don't have enough going on that you need to remember things. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most of us will have our Google Calendar empty uh, during this time because mm -hmm. my Google Calendar is pretty empty right now. Yeah, um, mine has work. Oh, and we're in the middle of podcast recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine was all my assessment due dates. Yeah, yeah. You'll be free soon. Yes, tomorrow. I'm really sad that they didn't push back the uh, the second semester. So like our 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 break is cut short, basically. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Oh, that's I'm doing why a winter it feels really anyways. short. Mm. Yeah, I was like, oh. wait, we like four weeks. I think because they didn't want us finishing too close to Christmas, because that means teachers would be mocking over like a holiday period. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I really I do. I get a hope. week break though. What? 
kind of during a winter um, semester. So I get a week break between finishing my exams and starting the winter semester, and then a week break between finishing that and starting semester two. How long is your uh, winter semester? Um, it's three weeks of content, and then we get two weeks to do the final take-home exam. Oh, so it's five weeks in total. Yeah, five weeks in total. Cause um for Unimel we start on like the the fourth of August. Or, is that like, semester two? Or was yeah it is it's wait let me check. Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I know that Manish starts a little bit later. I think we start the second week of August. Wait, Actually, Kanye. Wait, sorry, but is Kanye West running for president? No. <laughs> Uh, Let me practice that. Let me practice. I, that would be. It would be very late entry into the presidential race if he was. Yeah. Oh my God, he is. Wait, is it genuinely? He, yeah, he declares that he will run for U.S. president in 2020. And when? Um, it's not clear if he has filled any official paperwork, but he um he announced it on Twitter. I mean, it would be such a big dick move if he just enters for a big meme and ends up winning anyway. I, <laughs> I mean, that. that's what Trump did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. Very true. I mean, that that was a big part of it. A lot of people are saying the electoral college didn't do their job because the whole point of it being set up the way it is is that it's meant to stop people who are unfit to be president yeah. from becoming president, even if they get the popular vote. And I mean, I, I feel like it really shouldn't have been a question about whether or not Trump was fit for presidency considering he didn't really have any political experience. Yeah. Or not. I have no idea. Uh, all of that's just very confusing to me. I don't know how. Um, even though it was four years ago, I still don't can't, like, wrap my head around how that happened. A lot of it is voter apathy. Only about 40% of America votes. Yeah. Majority of that is older white conservatives. Mm. So it makes sense that Republican would have the stronger vote. And yeah. I think there's been some, not necessarily controversy, but some kind of opinion pieces basically saying that after a big shock to the Republicans that Obama, a black man, could be elected as president, they were trying to do everything in their power to stop any more controversial roles. Because I think a lot of conservatives, like if you talk to them at Trump rallies and things like that, they're like, oh, a woman can never be president because that's a man's yeah. role, which is bullshit. But that is the mentality that's still being held. It's it's so crazy how close-minded they can be. It's not that astounding considering that the Confederate, like the ex-Confederate states, are still being taught pro-Confederate history. Right. I mean, this is why, like, like we we've never been able to reach like a perfect democracy, right? Because no one is. Is, is educating themselves to the point where they can vote like based off of their their understanding of, of like politics just like an adequate knowledge of, of politics that's why they have like representatives right mm. a lot of people have, they just don't care like yeah. I, I was talking to uh, my sister's friends in America and they're like oh why why should we vote our vote's not gonna change anything like yeah it will because if currently 60% of you aren't voting and then you suddenly start voting, that's going to change things because we know that the majority of the people who are voting now are people who hold very right conservative views. Like, yeah. even if 
even if your boat is any, it's just a little drop in the lake. It's going to fill the lake. Yeah. You need to. It's just so ridiculous, and especially, I get really annoyed when women, especially, say that they're not going to vote because, like, our ancestors fought so hard for your right to vote, and you're just not going to use it. Yeah. Excuse me. It's yeah. No, it's like I know. I totally understand. It's like that inherent distrust in in their own system. Like, oh yeah, like why this like very, like our basis of like democracy is is lying on this f- the fact that we all have like a role to do, but none of them do it, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I don't know they just don't believe in the system. I don't get it. I feel like it's really hard to believe in the system when, I mean, I think Alexandra Acacia Cortez she's been doing a lot of. Questioning about the system and how easy it is to be corrupt in the system, yeah. and frankly, it's very easy, and it's very easy in Australia as well, because yeah. there's just not enough in place to stop politicians from being funded by big corporate companies. There's not enough to stop them from benefiting from corporates doing well and leaving the poor people to suffer. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's shitty, but. It's gonna take a while to change that, and it's gonna take a while to change how the laws are made. Yeah. But if we're not aware of the issue, then we can't fix it either. Do you think like a new, a new like maybe、um, reform system can be in place, or like do you think like this I, thing can?、Um, I feel like it's too hard to completely change the system.、Yeah. Like. Australia can't even decide to change the flag, or the national anthem, yeah, or Australia Day. We're not going to be able to completely restructure government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a matter of recognizing what the flaws are that exist within the system, and then trying to address it that way. So, for example,、um, qualified immunity in America for the police. Colorado has gotten rid of that. Um, and Colorado has also made it a crime to tamper with the body cameras,、right. um, and that steps towards progress, right? Because essentially, what you're saying is that police should not be held to a lower standard than, say, doctors or teachers or lawyers、mm. or anyone with a level of authority and power over someone else. Yeah, there's because there's been a lot of cases where police officers have had. Sex with people who are in custody, yeah. And undeniably, there is a certain level of power that a police officer holds over that person. Whether or not the sex is consensual, you can't say that there isn't a change in power dynamic. You can't say that there is an unbalance of power.、Mm. And so, even if the even if the person in custody was like, "Yes, okay, I'm willing to do this," the police officer should never agree to it. Yeah. It's the same reason why a teacher should never agree to have sex with their student,、mm. regardless of how old the student is. It's the same reason why a doctor shouldn't have sex with their patient, regardless of like how old their patient is. Yeah, there's a certain level of power. There's a certain level of autonomy that you hold over the person,、mm. and you can't just ignore that that relationship exists. And it's said that it's still not a crime to have sex with your. With someone in custody as a police officer, that is baffling. I did not know that. I did. I did not know that is. That's not a crime. It's not a crime, and that's why I'm so angry about. In like in Victoria, there was a security officer who had sex with um 
people who were being uh, quarantined in the hotels. And yeah. I'm like, no, he should be honestly. That should be a, he should be arrested because that's borderline statutory rape. Yeah, because he holds a position of power, and right. there's an imbalance of power that's there, and I just I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, so what happened? Like, so I'm quite into the gaming community, right? Like, so I've been quite into, let's say, like the Smash community and everything. Um, mm. And recently, there's been an outbreak of the Me Too movement inside the the gaming community as well. Mm. And some of the really big names, like really big name gamers, um, that have been participating in the tournaments and stuff, like the Um, have been accused of like um, infantile uh, rapes, um, even though it was consensual, right? Um, so there's a lot of even like uh, women and men um, who abuse like their age and abuse the the like the lack of surveillance uh, over like the consumption of alcohol and everything. Um, so all right, let me just preface this: like during these tournaments, like age um they don't they're not separated in brackets for age right so anyone can come even like the 13 14 years old um and they can be very much um taken advantage of by you know the, the adults right and that's what happened like a lot of people came out saying like when they were uh, 13 14 they were Um, you know, kind of uh, coerced into, even though it was consensual, um, like having sex with um, the, you know, these really big name gamers just because they were big. So there's a lot of like the that power dynamic there, and it's just crazy, dude. Like, I was so shocked when I found found out. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been wild. It's so sad that like these things happen, and then some people just excuse it and go, "Oh well, they they liked it or whatever, or they like gave consent." They were a child. They were a literal child. The yeah. adult yeah. in that situation knew better. They should have, yeah. and they would have known better. Yeah. And uh, I I also heard that one of them actually paid the 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 kid to 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 not say anything, which is exactly. Which is just admitting that you knew that you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Oh, Zach. Oh, hi, Zach's back. Hi, sorry, I'm back. Um, we are up to your two truths and a lie. Oh, two truths and a lie. Okay. Uh, all right. So my two truths and one lie. Oh. Okay. So I've I've auditioned for a contemporary piece. I've danced while drenched in cold water, and I've danced in a K-pop project. Wait, what's the what's the second one again? So the second one was I danced in water, like while drenched in in water. First one was I've auditioned for a contemporary piece, and the third one is I've done a, a K-pop video project. So the real question is, will Zach dance in cold water, or will he subject himself to K-pop? <laughs> <laughs> K-pop is more possible. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just I'm confused between two. I'm choosing between two. Were you in in um Chris piece, Zach? I think he definitely auditioned though. No, like yeah, the, like where, where um 
um, he 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 gathered everyone who he couldn't um, uh, cast of, as like a video project, and they did their dance in uh, next to a beach, and they were actually their feet were all uh, like drenched in the water in like the sea water. It was more than feet. It was way more than feet. It was like the entire body was in cold water. It was so bad. Okay, so that one's true. Okay, so that yeah, that one's true. Oh, so so you can now you can now. Okay, K-pop, K-pop, K-pop. I think three. I think no, the K-pop one is true though. Is it? Because I was in it as well. My gut was right. So number one is the lie. I think so. Uh, it was yeah, but, yeah. The K-pop project was like three years ago, when three years ago, when I was in first year. Oh no way! Are you talking about ages? I'm yeah, yeah. I'm talking about, about that one. Monday. Seventeen one. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. What's this? What is this? Um, I want a link to this. We have no link. To um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of don't want to ever. We'll put the link in the description box. No, no, oh. we, we will not put the link in the description no. box. No. <laughs> um, private it right now. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to get Zach to do a contemporary piece for like a year now. Yeah, like I, oh. I remember when you first messaged me, and I was like, okay, I got time, I got time. And then <laughs> I got, like, I got no time. <laughs> I got no time. <laughs> I got no time. And then like all this happened, I was like, oh. But yeah, so I actually have to check if I've ever casted a contemporary because mm. I may have once because you know when I'm younger. But no, no, I can't remember, and doesn't seem like I have. So I'm, I'm pretty um. Oh, so that's what you fact checked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd look through my emails and look through my schedule, but yeah. But I've been meaning to do a a, a piece with you, Erin. Yeah, we can yeah. do one when we're allowed to see people again. <laughs> yes, when we're allowed to go outside and the government isn't going to... <laughs> because they've increased restrictions now and they said that the only reason you should be going out is for like work, study, and like essentials. Yeah. And dancing is not essentials. <laughs> yes. Okay. Next year, hopefully. Mm, hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, nice guys. Mm. Nice. Um, I think... We should still touch on that urban discussion meeting. Mm. What is the whole thing like? Should we should we give a context on on this? Like, what is this whole thing surrounding mm. urban and the term urban? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, give some context and explanation. Mm. So there is a lot of discussion happening right now in the dance community surrounding urban choreography and in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement and the music industry dropping the term, the name and like structure of this type of dance has been called into question. Um, early in July, we, along with other dance leaders in Australia and New Zealand, were invited to an online meeting to discuss this topic. Um, most of us did attend this meeting and for those of us who are there, how did you feel about it? And was there anything in particular that resonated with you? Because you did go through quite a few topics <laughs> and I'm sure like we all have our own opinions as well. Um, so I personally wasn't there, unfortunately, due to exams. So can, could you guys like give me like a, just like a quick recap 
um, for the listeners as well, to like to like just like the main points and what has been like what has been happening in the dance community as well. So that would be really helpful for me as well. So, um, I think a general update of what's going on is that we've seen a lot of news, obviously in America, about the Black Lives Matter movement, and that's kind of sparked a conversation about us as dancers and how we use Black culture and how we have adopted these things that were created by the Black community and whether the way that we're doing it is harmful or not. And I think a big part of it, like Ash was saying, is the name of urban. Uh, I think urban comes from a lot of styles being hip-hop, whacking, voguing, um, crumping and things like that. And so it's a big combination of everything and it's been put into a form of choreography. And a big question of it is, is using the name urban damaging? Is that detrimental to a community? Does that erase culture? Does that, in a sense, whitewash what the name is? Um, and a big part of the conversation that we were having is how do we move forward with the name to find something new that's not um, as opposed to damaging to the community and it's not erasing the history of what the dance style is. Um, and that's something that we at the dance community globally have been trying to navigate and understand better. Mm. So, um, so like just to recap um, what you just said, um, essentially, um, wait, what um, you're trying to say is that urban as a term is too, too vague and commercialized um, in a way? In a way, definitely. Um, urban comes from a way to, exp- to call the ghettos. So, a lot of people will say urban just means in a city, but I think the history of the name has a lot of, and it has a large, has a much larger and louder narrative, because it's like if you look at the way that we describe cities, the suburban area is usually where the rich people live, and so the urban area is um, kind of a nicer way of saying ghetto. And that's kind of where the name has come from, even though according to the dictionary or just say in a city, it's about the history of where the word comes from. That's part of why it's so damaging and part of why it's something that's not necessarily resonating with the black community. Right, right. Mm, I think part of the conversation that we had the last Sunday with the Australian and New Zealand leaders and also Arnel Calvario is that, People keep calling urban a dance style while it's not really a dance style because there's this there's this debate between like does urban dance describe itself as a culture or a dance style slash an art form because if it's a culture then it has to have an identity and it has to be different from other culture, for example, like the wagging culture or the house culture. But if it's an art form, if it's a dance style, then it has to have its own history, its own vocabulary and foundation, which um, I think we all know that those are kind of murky when you try to teach 
an urban class because honestly there are no urban foundation it's just the foundation of different different styles integrated into urban because everyone's urban everyone's choreography is different from each other yeah and um i think when you bring up that topic of uh lacking a kind of foundation that led into a lot of discussion especially on education and bringing that more to the forefront so hopefully like we can um, avoid or like reduce the possibility of issues like this happening again um, and also so that when um, students do want to learn urban choreography they have a foundation for themselves to understand where the moves come from and um, because there are a lot of um, dance studio owners and teachers at that meeting as well um, they were discussing especially the the need for like a higher standard for teachers because um, if the teachers don't know if they don't know their foundation then all their students will not have their foundation either yeah so to me it, it really sounds like urban arises separately from black history um, um at least it seems to me like that because um when ariane you said that um the term urban is is like a whitewashed and commercialized version of of you know the the historical struggles um, manifested through dance um, from the black cultures, right? Um, it really does seem like uh, the term urban um, is very distant from from you know the historical the historical culture. So I think that's one one of the main reasons why we shouldn't use it because um, it is kind of superfluous, right? Like it's kind of redundant. Um, it doesn't accurately describe anything, and it, it leads us further away from from the the origin. I think. I think yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, we've seen the example with say Lindy Hop. Lindy Hop was created by the Black community, but if you think of swing dancing now, you think of the 1920s, and you think of white boys and girls dancing. Um, and that's essentially what's happening with hip hop. That's what's happening with urban, right? we've adopted this style, this form of dance from a black community. And we, in a sense, we've commercialized and whitewashed it to make it acceptable to pop culture, acceptable to the wider community. And in doing so, we've erased the history of where hip hop comes from. We've erased the history of why urban is a dance form as a form of choreography, as Anna's saying, because it's not just one dance form, of why it's become this new name, of why it's damaging to the Black community, and why it's hurtful as a term, because it's, in a sense, erased the history of the dance form. It's erased the narrative that the dance form have of fighting your oppressors, of fighting what society throws at you, and now it's something that people do for fun and that's okay but it doesn't mean that you forget where this came from it doesn't mean that you forget the history of the dance 
Um, before this, when the discussion around the term urban was brought up, I had a very straightforward thinking surrounding this problem is that um, I was just thinking that why don't we just call, for example, why don't we just call it and choreography or Aryan choreography, which makes it easier because everyone has their own style and there is not a need to label everything like that so that we don't offend anyone and we respect everyone's personal style as well. But then in the discussion, I think that um, there is one thing very valuable that I've got is that I've get to listen to people from many different backgrounds and perspectives. Like we have, we have actual dance teachers in schools and studios owners and dance crew leaders, and they have brought out a few interesting points that I think that why there needs to be a name because when you're when you're operating a dance class or you when you're operating a studio and you don't have a name for a class for example you just call it like dance choreography class but the people the outsider the non-dancer especially the parents who are sending their kids into dance school they wouldn't know what and choreography is like it's easy for established dancer to have their own styles and to be well known for their style but for unestablished dancer they wouldn't know what it is so that is why that it's so important for studios owners and educators to have a term to call the dance style so that like they want to respect the culture and they want to respect the history but then again they have they have to make money they have to live as well and like they agree that education is important and it's important to learn about the history and foundation of culture but it's for them it's the education and the knowledge comes after comes after when they have they have got the students and their parents through the doors of their studios first yeah so i think that was an interesting point i think it's so much about finding a balance because i, I think it's beautiful that we have hip-hop as part of you know mainstream media i think it's beautiful that we're all able to appreciate it and learn what the style is but i think because of why the dance don't style was formed because of the history of it it's so important that when we teach the style in studios we're respecting that history like it it's un what's the word i think it's, it's disrespectful it's what it is to teach a style to take something from a community and not only not give the community any credit but to disregard the history of why that style was formed and it's so much of finding a balance of finding a way to commercialize it because it has reached a point of commercialization but not forgetting to talk about the history not forgetting to acknowledge the creators of the style and where it comes from and i think that that's not easy and that's going to take a while for us to get there but i'm really glad that we're starting to have conversations about it because if we don't start the conversations then no progress is going to be made Um, you know, there's there's like a really like there's a borderline between um, cultural 
appreciation and cultural、um, appropriation, right? And one of the main separating factor is plagiarism, right?、Um, not acknowledging where it came from and not,、um, you know, appreciating、um, its historical historical background and、um, where it came from originally, right? So this this really reminds me of of the story of Elvis Presley and Chuck Berry because Chuck Berry was the forefather of rock and roll, but Elvis Presley、um, sang a lot of his songs, but was hailed the king of rock because just because he was white, and he appealed to a wider、uh, wider array of audience, right? So. That is also one of the big things that 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 remind me of、um, when we talk about this this term like urban, like、um, the white、um, cultural appropriation of of hip hop and the、um, you know disregard of of、um, historical、um, struggles and and how it came to be. And yeah, I think I think it's 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 definitely a good step, right? Yeah, and moving forward. I do think that it's important for us to continue to recognize the the minorities that these dance styles、um, influence came from, and I mean, I think it's pretty telling that these discussions, especially, happened、um, right after like the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think people are starting to realize. Um, what needs work in the dance community in terms of our、um, education on our history, and、um, the energy during that meeting was really good. I'm glad that while everything is still pretty uncertain, the discussion is. Very much about sharing and asking questions, and、um, not so much about、uh, debating or taking sides.、Um, I think it's important that、um, to know that we are all in the same boat, and that we are all working towards this together. And I think it does require a lot of conversation amongst all of us to find. A good solution. So, like amongst、uh, everyone、uh, during during that meeting,、um, yeah, was there any kind of kind of consensus that that was、um, you know formed、uh, in regards to changing the name of of, of urban?、Um, I think we are people are leaning more towards the side of wanting to change the name, and in particular. Kind of create a new name, so in that sense, it doesn't have the ability to influence any person or any culture because it's a made-up name.、Um, but in terms of what that is, we are not sure yet. I think because the root of the problem is the fact that urban is used out of, out of context, right? So if we do change the name, how are we going to relate it back to its origin? I think that's one of the main issues. I well, think. Our, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think.、Uh, I mean, this is kind of more just my opinion, but um, 
for me, even if we change the name, that doesn't mean we cannot give an education. So I think having more opportunities to teach students about the history and the influence of like urban choreography, I think that will make a big difference and that will help them learn the un- help them understand why the name changed and what that name means. I think um, with if there is a name change, then with that there should come a explanation behind it. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, uh, one of my opinions uh, can be a little bit uh, divisive is that changing the name to me is is very short term. It's good. It's mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, a good, it's definitely a good start. But changing the name will definitely not change the fact that people do not know um, the reasons behind changing the name in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that requires education. That requires. Um, a lot of understanding, right? And a lot of curiosity from both the dancers and the choreographers and the willingness to learn, right? And and that just doesn't come straight from changing a name. And I think a lot more work needs to be done. Um, but I, I guess changing the name is a good start. It, it, it gets people's attention. It gets people to talk. It gets conversations starting. And I think that's important as well. I think such a big part of what um, Zoe is saying is like, we need to teach history. We need to tell people what the history is. We need to tell people where everything comes from. Because, like Zoe said, name is temporary. What we call something is temporary. And whilst the current name has its issues, and we could slowly find a way to either create a new name, like what Crump has done, or like whether we can find some, whether like in America, the people there are willing to find a name that is going to be encompassing of what that area of dance is that depends that's something that we've yet to see but i think such a big thing of what we need to do as a community is to not only be aware of the history to not only be aware of what's going on but to keep talking about it and to keep educating future generations about where this comes from because if we stop the conversation and we stop talking about it it gets forgotten and once it gets forgotten, we forget what the issue was. We forget why there was a name change. And we just go, oh, well, we, we did a thing. And that doesn't help with progress. It doesn't help with changing like attitudes towards things. Yeah, and I think the main problem with, with this whole thing is that there's no real curriculum. There's no expectations to know, right? People come in because it's so commercialized. Everyone comes in with the expectation of just, you know, jamming, dancing it out, and, and it becomes an, an empty-headed kind of concept, right? Um, when I talked to a lot of people, a lot of them said, like, I thought urban was just urban. Like, they never gave it much thought, right? And it's because we never required thought in order to dance. And I think that also kind of needs to change because we also need to appreciate where it came from, right? This is my wishful thinking, but I think that this time, if there is a name and when there is a name, it's it's gonna be good because now, like, the 
we and the dance leaders and the pioneers have kind of identified was what was missing and what was controversial with the term urban with the term that we used in the past so now that we can learn from that and when we attached a new name to the style we can justify like where it comes from the meanings behind the name and also justify the history behind it as well so that we can so that we can place an emphasis on learning and knowing the foundation and history of dancing but yeah like you said it's the the love for dancing and the need for knowledge from a new dancer doesn't come within a day or two like it doesn't start when you start dancing it kind of start when you start immersing yourself into dancing and into the dance style more because like personally that's what happened to me i started dancing first of all because i like dancing and like i feel good when i dance and when i start developing it as more like a passion and not just a hobby i start researching about it and start looking up information about it so yeah i think the role is really like it's really important for the educators and the teachers for planting and sparking the love for dancing and the art form within their students um going back to the thought of curriculum and how urban i guess doesn't really have one um we're talking i mean in the meeting it was brought up that um that teachers in melbourne or urban teachers in general because everyone has their own style everyone has different amounts of knowledge and different ways of teaching and it would be good if there was kind of a more standard standard way of teaching so that um everyone kind of is on the same page and i do understand that that would be really beneficial for the community as a whole at this um what's the word like like a more unified um <laughs> what is english wait <laughs> um consensus or like um i think uh, it is a good it's a good idea <laughs> to have a standard way of teaching so that the community as a whole is more unified and that everyone is on the same page but uh, at the same yeah, time yeah. Uh, like when people bring up the idea of curriculum i really think of like School academics and, like, and institutions yeah. and stuff and Just considering that how everything. yeah like dance is a really social art form like probably more than any other art form that i've been interested in and um when you go back to the origins of hip hop it was everything was taught like from person to person from word of mouth and nothing is really written down and i don't think that we should lose that and i i'm just wondering like how could we strike a balance of the education standard being the same 
but not just telling one narrative of what is urban supposed to be. Um, I think urban in its like most simple form is like an amalgamation of a person, right? Like they have. Um, it's not necessarily the. To me, at least,、um, I might be completely wrong, but、um, I think urban is supposed to be an amalgamation of an individual who has absorbed many different styles of dance and built it into their own.、Um, I think that's what urban is, and if we try to standardize urban, we lose that individuality.、Um, we can standardize. Um, the 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 components that that each individual has taken from, but the mixing and like the crafting, I think that comes from like each person, right? So、um, I think in terms of like teaching everyone,、um, if there's no institution to teach, right? There's no curriculum, then that has to be it has to come from community. Right, that's the only other viable option, and and I think clarity、um, and communication from the community, right, would be really important. And and like trying to find out what、uh, what is a good way to spread knowledge and to to kind of inspire curiosity to learn,、um, especially about the history, right?、Um, I think that's that's. That's an important thing,、um, community. Um. So I, in cultural stu- study on the whole, I found a term that I have been looking up for an English translation for the couple of minutes because I don't know what it's called in English, but it's called、um, integration, not assimilation. So in a way, urban the. Urban culture, or whatever it will be called later, it's it's an integration of many different styles. So we each bring something to the party. It could be other street styles. It could even be like contemporary or classical style, like jazz, ballet. But it's integration. It's harmonious. It's not assimilation. We're not. We're not blending it all into one pot and forgetting about everything else, and just call the the mixture a a style like urban. Yeah, it's like calling a cake an ingredient, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.、Mm, so it's about it's about knowing what you're bringing into your art product. I guess it's just about respect, right? I, I guess it's just about、um, acknowledging where everything that you took from is from. If that makes sense. <laughs> I think this ties into what Zoe was saying earlier about the difference between appropriation and、um, what was the word? I'm forgetting.、Uh, appreciation. Yes, the difference between appropriation and appreciation, where with appreciation you give credit, you're saying this is where I took this from, this is where I'm learning this from,、um, because even I, I feel like even in 
choreography within the urban scene at the moment when someone creates choreography a lot of the time we take on from our teachers we take on from people that we look up to um i know when i was creating my first piece when this was the first ever time i was trying to create outside of a contemporary scene i took on a lot from david because david was one of the first dancers who was big in the scene that i looked up to and so i watched a lot of pdhg's dances and i took on a lot of what was presented in those videos to try and figure out how to create an identity to create what i wanted to say and i think that that a lot of that is what this dance is about in a sense it's not about copying but it's about learning from each other because that's what hip hop was right it was about sharing it's not so much i'm going to teach you this and i'm going to share this with you um i think um Peter has said this a lot in his classes. I'm not teaching you guys. I'm sharing with you. I'm sharing this knowledge because it's so much about a community. It's so much about creating a space where you can share ideas with each other and share concepts and moves and what you do. Um, and I think by having it in a commercial scene, we take away a lot from that. And it's not necessarily bad to have it in a commercial sense. but we do need to figure out a way to navigate that to not make it disrespectful to a community and i think i mean from this conversation and literally every other conversation we've had about this topic that's not easy and it's difficult and i i would love that we could find a way to find a balance because i think that it's really great to have hip hop and these styles be available to the general populace We just need to know how to do it in a way that's not taking away from the original creators. Yeah, that that's really well said, and I I, I really, um, I mean I'm I'm quite cynical um, just in general, um, because I think that commercializing something is always 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 going to be very much generalizing it into like a certain trope or a certain category. Um, especially like just like art forms in general, music is a big, big part of it, right? There's a lot of of appropriating going on. Um, you know, white artists taking from 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 black cultures, like um, trap music. You know, like it's very much um, the same. Um, so it, the line gets very blurred, is what I'm trying to say. The line gets very blurred when you try to commercialize something. And we need a very, very big amount of effort if we're going to like surpass it. I think, well, in my view, I think commercialization of dance, of urban dance and hip hop dance, I think that is what has brought a lot of um, the attention we see nowadays. I think that's the reason why we get a lot of interest in. Dances from younger people, um, and I think just drawing from my own experience studying um, fine arts in uni and seeing that side of the art community as well, um, I think that even if Aspects of dance are commercialized. I think a way to combat that is to um, keep.
keep spreading awareness about what dance really is at its core and also to call out people if they are losing that sense. I think just keeping everyone in check is one of the ways to combat that because um, just uh, looking at what fine art artists produce um, in like outside of school of course um, artists have to make money as well and they have to navigate aspects of fine art that are commercialized but I think because every well most people they have that um, university education or they have some sort of education to draw upon they know um, kind of what is morally and culturally right and wrong and I think um, moving forward just continuing to have discussion and yeah like I said keep everyone in check and not forget our past is the way to go yeah, I think uh, what we can do right now is just to wait for the leaders to decide on what to do and um, yeah, more updates shall come and I guess we'll all be keen to, to see where uh, things go from here. Um, but it's definitely going in the direction that is right, um, at least for me. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up because I gotta go soon. Hey. How did we do it last time? I recorded a thing, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we said thank you for listening to Sam. Yeah. Oh, if you want to learn about foundation and history, please go to. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, workshop, AOS Exchange. Sorry, I'm just gonna plug. So AOS is holding an AOS exchange slash winter workshop home edition on the 25th and 26th of July. And in the light of the recent um, discussions towards histories and foundations of different art forms and dance styles, we're gonna focus this year winter workshop on that. So we're gonna have uh, two focus classes of hip-hop and whacking and we're gonna look more in-depth towards the foundation and history of those styles and also we're offering something that you might not have seen offering in other dance class or studios which are a musicality class and musical theory class so that by the end of this we can all learn how to count either <laughs> it's free it's free. counting is such a hard thing actually like counting correctly mm -hmm. You should hear me counting when I'm teaching. I'm like, one, two, five, five. <laughs> what number just, are we on? I just give oh, up I and just sing out. Just sing it out. Just sing it. I know, I just end up singing. I'm like, please bear with my frosty <laughs> voice, but we are going to sing the song now. <laughs> ka and like the boom and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys use ka booms? Or like, I do. Count? I have many different sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love those vocalizations. It's so fun. Yeah, it highlights the, the texture, right? Yeah. yeah it helps. Uh, caca. <laughs> no, I love it when like when I'm counting and like 
I reach a six, but it's supposed to be an eight, and I'm like, uh, one, because <laughs> it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, one. Ah,、uh, yes. <laughs> oh, like you go too fast, or you like skip a beat. You're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Back to one we go. Brain's too small to compute all things at once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the teachers.、Oh. I think it's practice. Yeah, it's pra- it's probably practice. Yeah, I I always practice before my classes. I'll count, and I'll be like one, two, three. That's not three. What are we doing? <laughs> go back, go back. Is that a tui or that's a and? A... Yeah, because like I I'm not sure when to use the and or like the e or like the a.、Uh. Uh. Yeah. It can only go until the end. If it goes until like three e and a,、uh, I give up.、Uh, I like just sing. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna go three ta 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 four. It's hard because like when you're trying to find the beat, it's like you have to keep, you have to keep the beat and then also search for it as well. Yeah. So I, I find that like tapping tapping like a body part helps because it's like you just constantly do that,、mm. and、is、then that... like you sing it in your head. Yeah.、So、you're trying to like it's, it's sort of like this thing.、Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like I got it. <laughs> like、is、separating that... your brains to like regions and like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when people ask you to count them in, I'll be like, "Uh, go." <laughs> I don't know. And go. And. Oh, alright. Okay. Um, <laughs> that wraps it up for today's episode of Famcast. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys tune into the next one as well. We will be releasing these about every month, and. Hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.